Okay, it's good to be back out on this, uh, <clears throat> this, this afternoon, this evening, and we're encouraging people to get your Bible, always encourage people to get their Bibles and follow along as we study together, and we'll trust that our time will be profitable and beneficial as we open the Word of the Lord. I want to begin with a few insignias, a lot of us know this, HD, high definition, because, uh, well, for the older ones, uh, television wasn't always that clear. Well, I was growing up in Louisville, pretty good, because we lived in Louisville. We had three stations, but they came in pretty good. And we go up to the country when I was a kid, and we tried to have television. It's kind of down in the valley. We were uh, probably 60 miles from Cincinnati, and it was mostly just snow. It was just it was bad. It was finally just... It wasn't even worth trying to watch. It, sometimes you could hear. It was horrible. You couldn't watch television. And then, of course, you know, cable TV came on, online. And then high definition. I really like high definition television. And it's very enjoyable to watch uh, sports, if you like sports, to watch it on high definition, big screen, etc. And then they have what's called 3D and 3D, you'll see that generally at movie theaters, and you have to wear those special glasses where it sort of gets the third dimension instead of just flat, you know, long ways and up ways, two dimensions, it sort of comes out, and, and you're there watching, and, and it's like these characters, and, and what you're seeing in the movie, they just like come out, and it's almost like to you. And then they have also what's called 4D. And that is, you're watching a movie, the 3D, and then there are things that happen that sort of adds to the fourth dimension. Maybe you're sitting in your seat and it starts poking your seat, or your seat starts vibrating. Or like you'll feel a gust of wind. Or there'll be like a character, like will spray some water, and so little water droplets hit you. And so that's the fourth dimension. And a few years ago, we were down in in Florida visiting with Aaron and anyway we went over to Disney World and and watched Disney the Great and Powerful and it was in 4D and so this 4D I wanted to take that just sort of make a play on that to talk really about the devil the devil in 4D and you'll see what I'm talking about when we talk about 4D because there are four words that begin with the word D because we really need to know about our enemy, who we are fighting. And the first thing, when we talk about the devil, he's dishonest. And just know that the devil's dishonest. You know, you try as human beings and, you know, one with another, we try to be honest one with another. It's important. And not to be liars, but the devil, he's dishonest. He is a liar. In the, in the Gospel of John, this is what Jesus says very plainly about our arch enemy, about the one that we have to fight against. He says, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. If you ever try to deal with a fellow human being, or somebody else could be in business, could be in school, could be a neighbor, and they have a problem telling the truth. It's very difficult. And there are just people, I remember when we was growing up, there, there was one fella, Eddie, he, he, he was notorious about lying. And he just, he just come off telling you some big whopper, 
And you got to where you just didn't really put any trust in anything that he said. He wasn't always like that, but there would be times. And you lose confidence when people don't tell you the truth. It happened several years ago on television. Generally, you know, the news, they told you like it was, and you just they just reported the news. They wasn't trying to put any commentary. They are just trying to report facts. When I was a kid, you sort of put confidence. And then it was probably 30 years ago, I was watching some report on NBC, and then they come back the next week, well, that's really not the way it happened. They, they, they were just telling lies. And you, just, you lose confidence when people tell lies. And when we talk about the devil, he doesn't tell the truth. He tells lies. He, he distorts things. He's dishonest. There in the book of Genesis, you've got an example of the devil. He comes in the form of the serpent. It says, now the serpent was very uh, was uh, more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, yea, has God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, what the devil does, he casts doubts. Um, did, did God really say that? I mean, is that, is that what the Lord said? Uh, it, it was like my nephew, when he, he was going to college over, over, over at uh, Danville. Which, you know, it's a pretty prestigious college over there, very expensive. And he was talking about one of his professors saying, you know, talking about some of the Bible stories. It's like, well, can, can we really put trust in that about knowing the flood? You're casting doubt. I mean, that's the way the devil works. He, he, he's going to lie, but he comes sort of casting doubts. And that's what he does with Eve. It, did, did, God, did God really say that? Is, is that what God said? And you drop down to verse 4, and the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. See, God said, you can eat of every tree of the garden that's in the midst of the, of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. And the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. You will die. The devil takes the words of God, the words of God, you will die. He adds another word, you shall not surely die. He, that, that's just that's wrong. That's just utterly dishonest. That's the way the devil works. He's, he, he comes along and he says things that are just not true. Well, how could anybody do that? And, and they do it all the time. And the devil's ministers do it all the time. They just come, all, come along and just deny what God says. Kind of like what Glenn was talking about this morning. It's kind of comical, but it's terribly sad. You know, here, he, 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 that, that display they had about the scriptures and, and this one of the Bible verses from, from these old texts and these old manuscripts, and, which indicate that, you know, you could be lost. And the guy said, well, that, you know, that's before they really, really studied. You know, re, you know, that's what they used to believe. It's like, what do you mean? That, that's what God said. I mean, it, 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 was, it was giving a scripture. It's, the devil comes along and he tells us all kinds of, of things that are just not so. He is dishonest. Notice in the book of Proverbs how God feels about dishonesties. There are six things does the Lord hate there in chapter 6 and verse 16. Uh, yea, seven are an abomination. It's something that God detests. Look there in verse 17, a proud look, a lying tongue and hands that shed blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness 
that speaks lies and he that sows discord among brethren. Two things talks about dishonesty. It's something that God hates and the devil, he is a liar. He is the father of lies. God is a God of truth. We're to be people of truth. We're to be a people of honor. Not to be telling lies. And that's why, that's why swearing is, is frivolous and unnecessary because for a Christian you're going to tell the truth. It's no, more, it's no more sin to lie than it is to perjure yourself under an oath. Both of them would be contrary to, the, to, to God's will. In the book of Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 9, a false witness shall not, uh, shall not be unpunished and he that speaks lies shall perish. So we don't want to be dishonest. We want to tell the truth. Notice in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the fornicators and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all, all liars. People want to talk about, you know, the black lies. Well, they kind of, kind of a gray and white lies. No, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Drop on down in the same chapter there in verse 27. And there shall no way enter into anything that defiles neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie, but who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then in chapter 22 and verse 15, for outside, that is outside the holy city, outside of uh, God's realm, for outside are dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolatries and whosoever loves and makes a lie. So when we talk about the devil in 4D, the first D, devil, he, he just dishonest. He, he is a liar. He's not going to tell you the way it is. The second D in the 4D, he's deceptive. He sort of makes it look good. You know, he casts a little doubt and they say, well, it's, it's, it's not, not all that bad. I mean, this is a good way to do it. And blah, blah, blah. And there he goes trying to lead us astray. There in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, it says, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. He tricked Eve. Through his cunning, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. And God's pretty simplistic. It's like, well, this is what the Lord said. He just tells it like it is. He calls a spade a spade. He doesn't try to pull the wool over eyes. doesn't try to, you know, cast doubts about things. He just said, well, this is the way it is. And he tells us for our good. And he tells us what's good and right. And the devil, he is cunning. He is sly. Drop on down in this passage in verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed as an angel of light. You see, the devil, he doesn't come, you know, with these horns and just ferocious and, and mean and maniacal. I mean, that's what he is. But, but he comes as an angel of light. I mean, this, this is a great way. You know, hey, it's the 21st century. Hey, you know, hey, we live in the modern age. And he'll present things and, and try to lead us down the wrong path. Therefore, it is no great thing that his ministers also are transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. It's like people will read the Bible and then they'll read it and then turn right around and say, well, it's, you know, it doesn't really mean that. 
give some long commentary that it doesn't really mean what it says and, and just try to, you know, uh, smoke and mirrors, just try to change what the Word of God says. That's, that's the way the devil works. How can I say that? going to die. I mean, what, what is wrong with this death stuff? Let's, let's don't be so negative. Let's don't be so, you know, pessimistic about things. And that's the way the devil, he is deceptive. He is using tricks. There in Hebrews chapter 2, notice verses 12 and 13, saying, I will declare your name unto the brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will say, uh-oh, wrong chapter. Uh, chapter 3, not chapter 2, chapter 3. Let me get that here for you. In Hebrews chapter 3, uh -oh, I get my Bible here. Uh, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be through uh, lest any of you be hardened through what? The deceitfulness of sin. The devil, he represents sin, which is transgression, which is rebellion against God, which is contrary to God's will. But, but sin is deceptive in its nature. He tries to trick us. There in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices, his tricks. He's going to try to pull the wool over us. He's going to try to make it look good. He's going to try to convince us that it's right to do whatever that's not according to God's will. He does that. There in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, it says in verse 10 and 11, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. He, he paints a picture. I mean, you, you think about how like alcohol is advertised. Beer commercials. You know, you'll see them on television, sports. That's a lot of that, that's advertised. And it's like you, know, you got young people and they're having fun. They're down on the beach and, you know, they're having a party and they're drinking a few whatever brand that they're advertising. And, and, you know, we're having fun and it's wonderful and it's good. But that, that, that's not the real picture where alcohol can take you and, and problems that it brings into your life. <laughs> of intoxication. They don't want to talk about addiction. They want to talk about the car wrecks. They want to talk about people frying their brain with alcohol, with drugs. I mean, it goes in other ways. They don't want to talk about the, the hardships, the heartaches of, of destroying your liver. They don't want to talk about the fights and the fussing. They don't want to talk about all the problems that comes with wrongdoing. Just, you know, paint the picture like it's fun. It's great. And the same with immorality, the same with all kinds of things. Uh, religious world, you know, it's advertised, you know, that, well, you know, we need to have, enjoy, and, and God wants you to have fun. He doesn't, he, he wants you to have fun in life. Uh, you know, we're going to appeal uh, to the carnal man and, and draw people in. You know, if you're going to be a fisherman, you better have pretty good bait. And so we need to, you know, we need to build big gymnasiums and have sporting events and all these types of things to draw people in. Like somehow the, the message of the gospel is not, there's no drawing power there. We need, we need to have all the latest recreation activities to draw folks in. But that, that's the way the devil works. We, we need to understand he, he lies, he's dishonest, he's deceptive. And something else when we talk about the 4Ds, the devil in 4D, he is destructive. 
He, he's mean. He's maniacal. Look there in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, an adversary, he, he's against us. As a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may, what, have, have fun with, you know, toy around, hey, have a big time with? No, devour. You're like a lion, a roaring lion. They say a roaring lion. I don't have a lot of experience with lions. I see him in, in the zoo. But sometimes you watch some of the videos, you read some about lions. A roaring lion is a hungry lion. And when they're hungry, they're not looking to say, well, that, that poor gazelle out there, he's he got a hurt leg and he's just limping. Well, I, I couldn't pick on him. That, that wouldn't be fair. You think, of, you think of, that's the way a lion thinks? It's like, whoa, whoa, an easy meal there. He can hardly run. I'll pounce on him. I'll grab him by the neck and choke him to death and man, I'll feast out. That's, that's a lion. Ready to devour, ready to pounce on, ready to hurt and maim and devour and eat. That's the devil. He wants to destroy. He wants to harm. Notice that uh, as we were reading there in Ephesians chapter 6 where he talks about put on the whole armor of God. He continues on in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're, we're fighting the devil. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not a physical uh, combat, but against principalities, against powers, against the, uh, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to uh, withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And so he talks about all this armor that we are going to be in battle against the devil. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery or the flaming darts of the wicked one. Flaming darts. It's like sometimes the kids have these Nerf guns. They're little foam bullets you put in there. Sometimes they're multi-bullet things. Or you just put in one, you pull it back, pow. And, you know, so you shoot people with Nerf guns. They don't hurt. Or you get a little bit older, you get into paintball. And so you wear a mask because they can hurt your eyeball, but they kind of sting, but they don't really actually maim anybody in playing paintball. No, the battle with the, with the devil is like flaming, flaming dart. It's intended to hurt. It's intended to maim. He wants to wound us. He wants us to uh, mock Christ. He wants us to be mad at Christ. He wants us to be mad at God and walk away from the Lord. He wants to hurt our feelings. He wants us to, to just give up, lie and deceive and trick and, and, and use his, his schemes to destroy us spiritually. That, that's the devil. He, he doesn't, he, there's no, well, I mean good. No, he, it's always harm that he intends to, to work in the lives of people and bring destruction. Notice back there in John chapter 8 and verse 44 where it begins. He says, you're of, the, you're of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer. A lot of association with murderers. There is a, a friend I have I met 
it's kind of a long story. There was a fellow from Mount Vernon that was in an accident. He was a truck driver. and Well, he wound up in prison. He was taking the Bible correspondence course. And he had a friend that started taking the Bible correspondence course. And Benjamin, he, he actually, when he was young, he got mad with uh, somebody messing with his girlfriend. And he killed. Uh, Benjamin's learned things. And he's doing better. He'd been, he, well, He'd been, he'd been in prison 20-something years. But anyway, murderers, they don't care. Why? Because they're going to take your life. They're going to hurt. They're going to maim. They're going to just shoot you. They're going to stab you. They're going to just deal with you in, in a horrendous way. That, that's the devil. He's a murderer. He, 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 could just, he could just kill you. He could just slit your throat. He could just blow your brains out, and it wouldn't bother him at all. And he wouldn't care if it would hurt your feelings, hurt your family's feelings. It doesn't make any difference to him. He, he, he is destructive. That's the nature of the devil. And there are people that live and do the lust and the desires of their spiritual father. And there are people like that in the world that we live in that can be just as vicious, just as mean and maniacal. Notice that over there in the book of Revelation chapter 9 and verse 11. It says, and they had a king over them who is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abidin, but in the Greek tongue it is the, his name is Apollyon. And both those terms means destroyer or destroyed angel. I think Abidin. But the fundamental ideal is a destroyer. The devil don't care. He wants to hurt. He, he, he's maniacal. And there's nothing, whatever he, he does, it's bent on causing us harm and hurt. That, that's, that's the enemy. That's, that's who we have to deal with. That he, he, does, he does whatever, low down thing that he can do to hurt and maim. And whoever he can use to carry out his purposes, he will use people to carry out his purposes. And people can be very, very, vicious and very mean just like the devil yeah we sometimes say mean as a rattlesnake uh, yeah a rattlesnake if you back it up in a corner yeah, it can be pretty mean and people can be mean too because they're acting like the devil and the devil's happy when he sees people acting and going his way and doing his bidding so when we talk about the devil that we need to see the nature of the devil he's dishonest he is deceptive and he is destructive and don't listen to anything he said. That's why we need to focus in the Bible and always be thinking about the Bible and thinking about biblical principles and whatever anybody says, we want to check it out in view of, well, is that what God says? Is that what God's teaching? Because the devil has his ministers and he has people that are out there leading people astray, doing his work. He has deceived and he has misled and he's going to use anybody and anything to take us down the wrong path. That's why we... Get in the truth and stay in the truth. And we listen to God because God's going to tell us right. Because God wants good for us. The devil, he just wants bad for us. All right, the devil in 4D. He's dishonest, he's deceptive, and he is destructive. The fourth one is important for us to understand, and that is he's defeated. He, 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 he's going to be the ultimate loser. And that's why we don't want to listen to the devil. We don't want to listen to his lies and his deception. Uh, because he's trying to destroy us. And I guess, you know, misery loves company. 
And he's a loser, and he wants us all to be losers with him. In the book of John, chapter 12, verse 31 and 32, it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world uh, to be cast out. <clears throat> and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all, all men unto me. And John says, This he said, signifying what death he should die. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, it defeated the devil. It looked like the devil was winning. I mean, he, he had... He entered in the heart of Judas, and Judas betrayed Jesus. He had the Jews, and they were bent on destroying him. He had Herod and Pilate, and they, they had some noble ideals, especially Pilate, but he sort of caved in and compromised, and he had Jesus killed. He just let it go, go on through, and that was doing the work of the devil too. It looked like the devil was winning. Jesus was nailed to the cross, and he died. Like, well, well... I guess God lost the battle and God rose him from the dead. Actually, it, it wound up to be the, you know, the, the nail in the coffin for the devil. He, he, he was the ultimate loser because Jesus come back from the grave victorious. Notice there in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, and Jesus overcame the devil. Notice that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, 14, 15. Since then, that the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. The devil, he, he had rule, universal sway over people, that is, because we had committed sin. Therefore, spiritual death rests upon us. And therefore, it would make us afraid about physical dying because we were spiritually dead. But Jesus Christ came to deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus overcame the devil and we can overcome through Jesus and overcome the wicked one. Uh, Paul made the statement in Romans chapter 16 verse 20, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen probably talking about the ultimate, ultimate defeat of, of the Jewish nation because they were doing the bidding of the devil with all their persecutions and they sort of ended because the temple was destroyed, etc. So you don't have much, well, you still, still have some, but you, you don't have the persecution, they don't have the sway like they did in the first century. Yeah, he bruised Satan. Notice in the book of James, chapter 4, James tells us, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So we can stand up against the devil. We can put on our armor to fight against the devil. And you, you know when we were looking there in Ephesians chapter 6, talk about all this armor, the breastplate, and the shield, and the helmet of salvation, and our feet shod, nothing actually protect the backside because we're not to... We're not to uh, you know, run from the devil. No way to face the devil and combat wrongdoing and combat the lies and the deception and the, and, and, the, and the error of the devil. So we resist the devil and he'll flee from us. And then notice there in the book of Revelation chapter 12, the, paint, uh, the picture is painted there. And there was war in heaven. See, the devil, he was created good. He, he was... Probably an archangel, but 
And the reason I say that, because the Bible talks about the devil and his angels. So it seemed like the devil, he was sort of led to rebellion in heaven. And so there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. That's why I said probably, I can't say definitively, but probably an archangel. So he led a group of angels, and they rebelled against God. <clears throat> And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, that is the maligner, and Satan, who deceives the whole world because he's a trickster and he's deceptive and he's a liar. And he cast out and was cast into the earth uh, and his angels were cast out with him. That's a picture of defeat. The devil is a defeated that's why if we, we, if we go with the devil, we're going to lose. And if we go with God and go with Jesus, we can be winners. We want to be winners, we want to be losers. I mean, it's really one or the other. Winners or losers. Do we want to go with the old devil and, and listen to his nonsense and, and what he entices us into, or do we want to go with Jesus? Well, it's pretty plain. The devil is the ultimate loser. In Revelation chapter 20 there, in Revelation chapter 20, let's look at also verses 1 and verse 2. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on that dragon, the old serpent, who is the devil, uh, who is the devil, that old serpent, who, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Chain emblematic of the fact of, of restriction of the devil. And so the devil is defeated. He's a loser. He, he's, he's, he's still working. God allows him to do so much. But that's it. I mean, he just can't do anything to have free reign. It's like the demon possession. That was allowed around the first century. And then, of course, with the age of miracles, that passed. Demon possession passed also. But that was to show that Jesus had power over the devil in every way as you look at all the various miracles. And then one last passage when we talk about the devil being a loser. That is an eternity. You know, sometimes people when they talk about hell is like, well, the devil, he's in charge of hell. And he's down there, you know, he's working the adjustments and, and all that. No, that, that's, that's not exactly what the Bible pictures about hell. Somehow the devil's down there. He's in charge of what's happening in hell. No, the devil, the devil and hell was made for the devil and his angels. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, Then shall he say also to them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed and everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And the devil, he fought against God. You see that throughout human history, trying to thwart the plan of God, but he wasn't able to. He was always fighting against God. And he's still fighting against God. And he fights against God by trying to fight against his people and trying to keep people in sin and trying to keep people uh, doing the wrong thing. But you know, when we understand the devil, that he, he's just totally dishonest. He's just a liar. And he's just a trickster. And he's trying to paint a different picture than what God paints. And really, behind it all, he's trying to destroy us. And that if we go with him, you know, where, where else are we going to be? Because you can't, you can't fight against God. I mean, that's a, that's a losing battle. 
who, who could fight against God and think he could win? I mean, why, why does the devil think that he can win? But he try, I mean, he tries and he keeps trying, but he's always been a loser. I mean, there are times it looks like the devil's winning. It looks like, you know, like, you know, the righteous are being creamed down here. It's like, well, you know, the devil looks like he's got the upper hand. No, God's always been in control. And God allows certain things to take place to carry out his purposes and his plan because God is the one that overriding power in the universe. And God will bring things to pass according to his will. And the devil is a defeated foe. And we see that just painted over and over again in all these texts. So, in the fight for what's right, in the fight between wrong and right and wrong, and there's always been this spiritual battle between right and wrong, versus good and evil. You know, so many movies that we have watched, it's always been, you know, good versus evil. That, that there is, that, that underlying battle between right and wrong, between the forces of good, what God represents, and the forces of evil, what the devil represents. And through Christ Jesus, we can overcome. And we can be victorious through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because God tells about all these tricks that the devil tries to pull and with the word of God and with our spiritual armor we can battle and we can see through all the tricks and the deceptions and the wiles and the little uh, dirty tricks that the devil tries to pull. Well, if we find ourselves in sin, there's a way to get to heaven. And the way that we get to heaven is that we hear this good news about Jesus Christ coming and dying in order to make salvation possible. We hear this message and we believe it. It's like, yeah, this, this is it. Jesus is the Savior. Yeah, this is how human redemption comes to pass, that Jesus Christ died on the cross. It looked like the devil was winning when Jesus went to the cross. Aha, yeah, the devil was winning. Oh, Jesus came forth from the grave. No, it was carrying out the plan of God. The devil meant evil and bad. But God took that death of Jesus and brought about our Redemption. He commands us to repent, to make a turnaround. That's kind of difficult because people don't like the change. I mean, that's just where we are. We, we don't like change, but change is necessary. And God commands us to repent. He commands us to confess. That's pretty easy. Yeah, I believe he's Christ, the Son of God. And we can do that as we confess Jesus before men. He will confess us before his Father in eternity. And then we're to receive baptism. We're to be buried with him in baptism for the remission of sins. That's what the Bible teaches Acts 2, verse 38, and other passages, buried with him in baptism, Romans chapter 6, 3, and 4. And then when we come out of that water or grave, that's when we enter into his body. That's when we enter into the scheme of redemption. And then we're exhorted to be faithful. Stay with God. We, we need to stay with God. Don't listen to the tricks of the devil. He's trying to get us away, especially Christians. You know, if we're, if we're still in the world, he's got us. And he'll keep trying to keep us in, in, in the way of darkness. But once we come in the light, he's really going to try to work to get us back into the world or get us to fall away from the Lord. And if we just keep staying with the Lord, ultimately we will have that home in heaven. And we will, we will sing God's praises throughout eternity. The song of victory. The song of Moses and the Lamb, which were songs of victory. We can have victory in Christ Jesus. We're going to sing this song to encourage you. If there's one here even tonight that needs to step out and obey and get out of the mire of sin, you can by obeying the steps of salvation. If we could help you that end, you come and let us know. 
Why together as we stand and as we sing.